The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this, as always, with me, my companion, Stephen Shapansky. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. This series of Old Space Show follows the intergalactic swashbuckling escape antics of Raj Blake and his ruffian crew in the first season of Blake's Seven. Today, we are discussing the second episode of Let the Space Fall When We Crumble. Anyway, take it away, Stephen. Well, this week, Blake takes the prison transport ship London under siege with help from Care Avon and Jenna Sanis. But when the siege fails, Blake, Jenna, and Avon are sent to investigate an abandoned alien spaceship where Blake decides to take control of the ship and escape. This episode is directed by none other than Who alumni? Pennant Roberts Pennant Roberts, yep cr- Louise cr- Jameson's favorite director, Pennant Roberts Oh yeah uh, Yeah, Face of Evil, Sunmakers, Warriors of the Deep Time Lash, Shada A good handful of good and bad um, Yep, yep he's got, on got, a, got a raw deal towards the tail end of his Doctor Who life there but uh, He is on yeah. extreme ends of the uh, yeah. yeah, ooh but he will do four episodes here of Blake Seven. He also did nine episodes of Terry Nation Survivors, so he is, I guess, on his speed dial or rotary. That's what they had, right? Yeah, probably those days. Yeah. Uh, it's discredited writer is Terry Nation. Of course, Chris Boucher's the script editor. Uh, starring Gareth Thomas, Sally Nivet. 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 I'm going to do this every time, Stephen. So you got to be N- right there. <clears throat> Nivet, like Corvette. Cor- there you go, Corvette. Paul Darrow, Michael Keating, David Jackson, Glenn Owen, Leslie Schofield. That, you know, Leslie Schofield, also a face of evil, but uh-huh. many recognize him from Star Wars. Yep. And maybe you recognize him from one episode of War Games. <laughs> I do. All those things. I recognize him from all those things. Yes. Uh, we haven't talked about, okay, the intro to the show, the, the opening uh, credits, mind you. This is interesting because... I don't think I've ever seen this in sci-fi where it has a sort of Monty Python, Terry Gilliam animation <laughs> edge to it that doesn't really get to the like the sci-fi corners that I can think of. No, it's a it's quite clearly a two D um, <laughs> picture that was coming towards. It's weird. It's a quite clearly a two D TARDIS that we see in the uh, the Tom Baker title sequence throughout the nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, because it's got this cool looking slit scan time tunnel going on, we don't actually notice it. But when it's just a obviously a cutout of the ship coming towards us and then away from us against a static star field, yeah, it's yeah. a little cheap. Reminds me of like a there was a cartoon I watched growing up. It reruns on Nickelodeon. It was called Danger Mouse. Kind of had oh, this kind of right? an, animation yep. to it. Kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of that. But yeah, interesting to see set a set a, uh, against space. <laughs> you know that uh, just uh, really interesting. Um, but you also have the 
kind of digitizing of Blake, uh, computer screening with his uh, his mind wa- brainwash thing, and then mm-hmm. you know his oh wanted or kind of profile executed. So. I can't remember executed, what the words yeah, are, but yeah, yeah. executed. Yeah, we're gonna see them uh, eleven more times, so we'll pick up on it then, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, so we pick up where we left off with the prison transport London, which. Does it remind you of the RV from Spaceballs? <laughs> I've oh, only seen Spaceballs once, okay. so I cannot confirm or deny. It does probably remind me of a spaceship from like probably Space 1999. It mm. might have even come from there. I'm not even sure. But, uh, Which, funny enough, I found out from the uh, ILM documentary that the original Millennium Falcon was supposed to be the... Uh, cruiser the yeah but they were like that looks like a space 1999 ship and he can't drive a space 1999 ship so thank god space 1999 came along and Mm -hmm. then made them made them go back to the drawing board to come up with the iconic millennium falcon right yes exactly um but as they called it on set the hamburger um yep so uh yeah it's an eight month trip to the penal colony so they're gonna be on board for quite a while no light speed here um or was there light speed and there's still eight hours but it, it was a pretty slow-moving ship. I think it's just mm. the, doing the milk run from uh, Earth, to Earth to the prison colony and back. Yes. Uh, you can get up. You can walk around. Uh, there's a congregating area. There's a uh, there's beds, but not enough for everybody. We have co- uh, so allegedly Schofield's here playing this uh, sub-commander Raker who's hard on everybody. You know, he's the kind of the enforcer guy. Mm-hmm of this ship and he gives them this big speech about what they can do and you know at the end he's like there are other rules but you'll find out what they are when you break them <laughs> just, just like aurora penta the uh klingon prison planet in star trek 6 yes uh but yeah he's he's a presence here like he he's only going to be in this episode but you're going to remember him like he's i think he's really good here he is really good uh i let me tell you i think Try to think about other other episodes to come in Blake Seven. Um, there, I like some other ones. This is easily my favorite of the season, and maybe of the show itself. I adore this episode. I think it's 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 taut. It's uh, there's there's some pace. There's some dramatic tension to it. Uh, and and because Leslie Schofield is such an ass, mm-hmm. you know. Where we are as lovable Glenn Owen as Commander Leyland. You'll, yeah, what I love. It's, it's a good Doctor Who um, watch. Glenn Owen uh, will appear in The Power of Kroll in about a year's time in Doctor Who. Um, Leslie Schoolfield had already been there. Norman Tipton also appears in Underworld if you're, uh, if you're, yeah, there you to, go. to complete the Graham Williams era hat trick. Um, <laughs> And uh, but Leslie Schofield is so great because you know he's he thinks he can sort of butter up Jenna a little bit and she whispers something in his ear and he slaps her uh, and I like how when he's sort of like you know meeting Blake for the first time and he sort of gets all comfy comfy and uh, and sits down there lounging back you know having hearing what he has to say and he gets up and he goes you know uh, and he goes you know call me sir or something like that and the tension builds and he goes say it he just screams at oh, him yeah. and I thought oh that's a such a good performance from him. Yeah, he's uh, he might be my favorite part. There's a lot of favorite parts about this, uh, but he is certainly one of them. Yeah, yeah. Last last episode, I talked about the the pr- British performer compared to the the United States or North American one with the genre television and stuff. But I, he is so here. He's a really good one episode guest role character performance, and I feel like British TV brought that in in drama and genre that didn't typically happen in the u.s you get like that in sitcoms in the u.s mm-hmm. where it's like 
hey, hey, showing up here and this week, and you know they make you know like you remember that one episode where so and so showed up and we all laughed. I feel like British could do that with drama. I can't think of back in the day dramas in the United States that had that kind of like guest cast member that oh you remember when he stopped by the old blah 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 <laughs> and I'm trying to think right. of that but that that typically can happen with the British. British there, ones, but granted, a, they have shorter yeah. series, shorter, yeah. so maybe that's why, but... There's a lot of great character actors in the UK, and the, you know, the fact that they shoot Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark and all these other, you know, maybe it's cheaper to film them in, in England than it is in the States, but you get all these wonderful British actors who are probably like a lot bigger than the roles they're playing in, mm-hmm. in you know, like Julian Glover and Leslie Schofield in Star Wars, for yep. instance. Uh, but you get these top-notch performances from really good actors who have just, who do this. They do one episode of this. They do another episode of this. They're playing different roles all the time, inhabiting different characters. They're not stars as much over there. They're playing characters. That's what actors should do. And uh, and Leslie Schofield is great in this. I, he's great in Face of Evil around the same time, mm-hmm, but it's an yeah. entirely different character. Yeah. He's great. Like, that's basically, you know, it's funny. You describe that type of, that, that's what Patrick Troughton was Outside of Doctor Who, really, like that's yeah. what he liked doing. Um, and in the U.S., he was, you know, in The Omen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this guy's a this guy is a rock star over there. Come on, uh-huh. folks, he's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Treat him with some respect for crying out loud. That's not John Pertwee. No, yeah. he's not, no. Um, but yeah, so he's he's definitely the difference maker, a big difference maker here. Um, so a lot of this episode, we meet Kerr Avon. Um, and played by Paul Darrow. <laughs> oh yeah. Who you know, who will team up with Pennant Roberts for Time Lash and make history again. <laughs> That's true. Many That's years true. down the road. Uh but yeah, he's here. He's the hacker type guy. Um he was caught. He was the uh when it comes to computers, he's the number two man in the world. Who's number one? The man the guy who caught him. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh <laughs> But yeah, he's he's here to you know integrate now into the group. We do have Gan here, but he's kind of you could be mistaken. You wouldn't know that he was going to be one well, of the main people from this. Yeah, well, if you keep watching the show, it, does he really improve? Poor Gan, poor <sighs> Gan, poor Gan. Poor yeah, Gan. yeah, you know, Villa here. We have some other characters, some potentials, potential sevens, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I do like that they have some, not auditions in a way. I like that the poor Nova is the guy, you know, he who gets killed with the uh, when the asteroid strike hits and the, and the and the hull has to fill up and he gets killed and stuff. I like his reasoning. He goes, you know, well, what about me? I haven't done anything yet. He's <laughs> what he says. He's so eager and he's he's basically pointing out that the script is saying, yeah, I haven't done anything yet. Yeah, you've literally just stood there. So yes, go and go and get killed. Uh, poor Nova. All right. Uh, and we have this um, this story kind of plays for most of the episode. Uh, it plays like a kind of classic heist type plot where they're you know testing out because this episode takes place over the course of a couple weeks, right? That it what, has to if, yeah. if the if the ship is going to take that long to get to Sigma's Alpha. Yeah, it has to pretty much, right? Yeah, they find like a Blake finds like a little passageway. They can get through some wiring and stuff to get to a control room. And then they, you know, everybody's got their jobs and, you know, 
there, certain things have to go right. So it's kind of got that heist feel to it. <laughs> yeah, and remarkably gullible guards. They can, oh, villas distract me with a magic trick. Let's watch and turn my back to the rest of the room. <laughs> he does that a few times. And he's quite clearly gotten along because he even calls about what he got from me, Villa. Come on. You know, you see, so he, Villa is quite good, apparently, at, at luring these, uh, these heavy guards into, because uh, it's the same guard. The same guard that gets uh, suckered into watching uh, some, uh, you know, slay of hand uh, tricks from Villa is the same one that shoots an unarmed prisoner in the corridor right yes. in front of Commander Leyland. It's like, man, you see, you've got you've got sides to this coin. Uh, Daner is his name, right? Yeah, it's 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 cold. Um, yeah, the the Gan he's used here as an enforcer once they take control of the the con- control of the control room, I guess, which is kind of. TARDIS console-like setup? Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit, yeah. thing in the center that mm-hmm. shaped kind of similar. Um, but uh, I do like when they're trying, they need the the palm print or the hand print on the door to get it open, and Gan, he, they're using him as, him as an enforcer, and he says, look, we only need the hand. If you want to stay attached to it, do as you're told. Yeah. Like, All right. That's <laughs> and he, okay. That's that that convinced me. It's a good line as well. I I sense Chris Boucher already. Uh, his his uh, his input I think is already being felt. Not not to yeah. diminish Terry Nation's uh, scripting, but there you know those lines. The, the a couple other lines. My favorite of the whole episode is when Villa uh, proves he's a bit of an idiot and a coward, and Avon who's uh, who's you know trying to be lured by Blake to be part of this operation and Villa goes you've got five people Blake five people and him yes. <laughs> I just thought it's so <laughs> doesn't even count him as people because he's so ineffectual right. such a great line I think what we might have here is Terry Nation's like he made the coloring book and then Chris Boucher <laughs> bought it and colored made it colored it in yeah, I, I certainly by the end of the season, he's definitely saying, uh, this stuff happens. I'm sure you could probably write in the rest, you know, because, uh, you know, expecting 13 episodes out of anyone is, is a is a, a lot, yeah. tough game, especially someone who writes as quickly as Terry Nation has for Doctor Who. Very true. Oh, I forgot. So one of the, there's the pilot we mentioned. There's the other one who looks like a brunette Eric Idle, kind of. <laughs> that, that's Norman Tipton who plays it, Edas yeah. in Underworld. That's there where I go. know yes, him yes. from. Yep. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. So part of this is uh, this this heist thing, which kind of goes awry when Leslie Schofield's Raker takes control and starts shooting a guy every. He really does shoot people every thirty seconds. You know, before Blake has to give up. And, it, and it's so cold because even it says, okay, you know, he shoots one. He shoots one of them. And, uh, and Blake says, okay, we, you know, that's it. We give up. And quite clearly, 30 seconds do not pass. And he says, you know, the guard rushes in mm-hmm. and tells him, okay, he's, you know, he surrendered, let go. Shoots one more. Yeah. <laughs> Just so cold. Shoots it's, another oh. prisoner anyway. Oh, man. There's some fun stuff that went on during this. Some lines I took down, like we were talking about, uh, good snappy stuff. Um, before we move to the 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 ship portion of it, um, uh-huh. where there's the villa going, I've got this problem with confined spaces. There's a medical name for it, and Genesis cowardice. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, there's just good Avon kind of giving you who he is. Oh, could be like wealth is the only reality, and the only way to get wealth is to take it from someone else. And uh, at least you're still alive. No, not until free men can think and speak. 
good, very heroic. Good heroic, yeah. Very heroic. I, I, I love. I, that's why I love uh, Avon's cynicism. He sort of brings Blake back down to earth when he gets all high and mighty like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- this episode sees us. I, I really like, I think the strength of it, too, is we see Raj Blake evolving from a man evading eternal slavery to escape to being a revolutionary leader within this one episode. You mm-hmm. see it all like, you know, he's like, he wants to, you know, why Earth? He's like, that's where the heart of the Federation is. I intend to see it that torn out. So he's kind of like, goes from just trying to be like, I just want to be proven innocent and get off this, or let's, you know, escape here to, we're going to take it to him. Like, all through this episode, we see that full transformation, which is... yeah. Really he seems nifty. to remember who he used to be, basically, yes. before before the, the, the mind wipe, but before episode one. Now we sort of see what mm-hmm. Blake was and why they wiped his mind in the right. first place. In the first episode, he gets, you know, he and us get told it, but we don't really see it. Mm-hmm. And this one, we're watching him form back into that person, which is pretty cool Yeah, um, as we go. But uh, yeah, so, and we have, you know, of course, the start of great idealistic battles between uh, Blake and Avon. Um, which will be a, a kind of a thing for the uh, first two seasons to go through. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- this show does a wild 180 um, <laughs> halfway through its run. It's very much. Very crazy. Um, so uh, they find a ship, which we'll later find out. It's called the Liberator. Uh, that's just hanging out in space because there's like they find like a battle going on on the radar. Mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? They call it radar? I don't. Um, and they have to, they, they get this little tube, the airlock, uh, and they, they send their people and there's like, they go crazy over there. So, you know, Raker goes, well, let's use the prisoners rather than lose people. And he yeah. chooses Blake, Jenna and Avon because it's like, well, you know, it's a suicide squad mission, basically like, yep. well, you're either dead or we'll reduce your sentences when you come back. And they're the three troublemakers. So why not? Mm-hmm. You know, if they die, fine. If we find out something fine as well. You know, I, I like how they, they did that whole sequence because it, it sets up the mystery of whatever is on the other end of that space tube. You know, we, we've heard screams, uh, people mm-hmm. sort of like those, those guards think, what, what'd you say? What, what? And they don't, so obviously there's something going on with their minds. Then they die. Probably they open the door and then one guy comes running out, you know, screaming as if he's just been completely terrified. And that's what they're going into. And I like that. You know, a yeah. lesser show might have actually, we would have seen the ship yep. before our main cast see the ship. And I like that we see that the, the Bridge of the Liberator, what's going to be the home for this uh, this ragtag bunch of, uh, of, of go-getters. Uh, we see it at the same time as they discover it. And I think that was pretty effective. And the tube, uh, the connector uh, tunnel is uh, shot on film, right? It's on yeah. film. So yeah, they probably did that it- on Ealing and, you know, for probably because they need, there's technical reasons for them to do that. Sometimes also they just run out of room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's the big fight scene that uh, where Avon sneaks into that control room and uh, and and beats up the guy. They shot that on film because mm-hmm. it was a lot easier to edit a uh, pretty complicated fight scene than to rehearse it in a studio and try to do it in one take with right. multicam. So yeah, you know the, there there are reasons for these sort of things. Yeah, it's different than Doctor Who, where Doctor Who's like if you're inside, you're on video. If you're out, unless you're face of evil, unless yeah. if you're out, uh, outside, you're you're on film. Like, that, yep. <laughs> that's how it used to be. It's different here. There's a lot of uh, interesting choices, which, yeah, it makes sense. The fight scene be much easier to uh, chop and cut than shoot on and rehearse on video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, that yeah, they, they, the ship, 
gives them haunting images. So this is what happened to the guys, um, showing loved ones getting murdered. But Blake's like, haha, mine are already dead. So <laughs> I was told that last episode. So <laughs> joke's on you, weird uh-huh. computer. So yeah, then they end up uh, being able to take control of this alien ship. Um, mm-hmm. We have our we are introduced to our main set, the bridge of the unnamed ship at this point. That's going to be yep. called the Liberator, uh, and they end up taking off. And Raker tries to go after them, but gets stuck in the tunnel and floating off into space to die. Yeah, very effective. I mean, mm-hmm. apart from the. Brief second of uh, obviously like a paper cut of a guy sort of flying out. Other than that, though, I thought that like some of the some of the space scenes actually were pretty impressive. Oh yeah, uh, for what they were doing at the time, uh, and and a fitting end I thought for Raker as well. Like it's a great oh, way yeah. for the villain to go out, you know. Yeah, I think everything from start to finish that he's just so memorable. Like, I mean, it's just yeah, like we were talking about this is just super effective and awesome to have an episode two. Be like, well, if that if they give us this guy in episode two, who else is coming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got an eye patch and will be played by two different actors throughout the run, but <laughs> but more about him later. More about him later. Uh, but yeah, so they have the ship, and their plan is to uh, let's go chase back after the prisoner ship and get us a crew because you know that that's how we can fight back with mm-hmm. other prisoners. And we we leave with Raj, Avon. And Jenna, they've come together to form Blake's three, well, <laughs> ki- or four, maybe kind four. Of four. Yeah, kind of four. We don't know that four is kind of there yet, but yeah. it's there. But by the time by the time they do the census, they realize that it's actually seven. Uh, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, but uh, that's where we leave off here, uh, and that's where we'll leave off this episode. And Stephen, before we head out, please uh, share with people your information i am on twitter at legopolis uh, i'm also a host of a couple of doctor who podcasts that are currently ongoing called lazy doctor who and radio free scarrow all right and i'm on twitter and instagram at brad 4k uhd written work at why so blue.com there's more from the brad peter show as we continue uh, we only got a week or two left of summer of 82 at 40 going on right now so enjoy them uh you might get your bonus episode i don't know uh probably uh but from old space if it takes all my life i will destroy you blake i will destroy you i will destroy you thank you for listening the brandon peters show is a creative zombie studios production produced by brad shoemaker and brandon peters Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.